Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about setting up a fitness plan that is actually going to work. So we're going to go through the three different categories of movement as it relates to fitness, why you should be mindful of all three, how to set up a six-week phased and progressive fitness plan with two different goal-driven examples. And I'm going to give you the top mistakes that I see to help you avoid them and the reasons why you would want to avoid them. Like essentially, what are the outcomes that those mistakes may produce so that you can be aware of why? It's one thing to like know that it's a mistake, but it's another thing to recognize like how it may affect the outcome. I think you're going to be really surprised at what I have to say because It's not going to be as complex as you think. One of the main concepts that I want to drive home for today is that being consistent, doing less is going to be far more important than not being consistent, trying to do more. If there is one thing that I can pick out from the clients who I've worked with thus far, who have absolutely incredible results, it's that despite what they have going on in their life, they always find a way to do something for the week. It's really about developing a greater level of self-trust, believing in yourself in establishing an all or something mindset. Before we dive in, I want to share a little bit about my current lifting experiences and what I'm currently doing in the gym. For those of you who are more familiar with lifting, I think this might be helpful for you. So in November of last year, um, if you're listening to this at a later time, uh, this would be 2021, I transitioned to more of a powerlifting focus with no real intentions of competing. Mostly I was looking to change up my training routine because I was getting really tired of bodybuilding and hypertrophy style training. It wasn't actually until my powerlifting coach asked if I was interested in competing that I had even really considered it, honestly, because I felt like, and and if I'm being honest, like really do feel like, um, I'm definitely not going to be like placing in a competition anytime soon. I mean, I'm not like squatting 300 pounds. I'm not like benching 200, et cetera. But he said something that really hit home with me when I essentially said like, why would I ever compete? I'm not good enough. He said, so why not just compete anyway for the experience? And I was like, wow, I really hadn't even considered that. You know, like, I think when we think of like competition, it's like, well, if you're not going to place, like, why, why would you even compete? It's not actually a thing. Like I needed that reality check. So fast forward seven months later, and I have completely embraced repeating the same movements month after month after month. And what I've come to realize in an even greater capacity is that those main movements, like we're talking the regular old back squat, conventional deadlifts, pause bench, 
they're really fun because each week my form gets better. And as a result, my ability to intensify the lift becomes better. So I'm going to carry this over into the episode for you and hopefully help you to see that changing things up frequently is really less than ideal. So when I talk about the three categories of fitness, I'm really talking about movement. So there's three categories. One is going to be resistance training. And along with resistance training is also going to be resistance training intensity. The second one is going to be cardio. This could be hit cardio. It could be miss or moderate intensity steady state. It could also be LISS, L-I-S-S, and that stands for low intensity steady state. And there's also a third one here in the categorization, and that's going to be daily steps, like how much you're moving around. So why is this all important? It's important that we consider all three categories because each one Each one provides a different stimulus to the body. So resistance training itself is going to increase muscular endurance, size, and strength of the body. Cardio is primarily endurance-based. So it's for the heart and the lungs, and it's also referred to under different categories that I already mentioned. Hit, miss, list. And then daily steps. How much your body is moving around during a typical day, week, month, or year. So we're talking like if you have a sedentary lifestyle or occupation, or do you have an active lifestyle and occupation? Now, I'll tell you that lifestyle is the easiest one to manipulate because, you know, if you have like a sedentary occupation, if you have to sit at a desk You're not going to be able to tell your boss, like, I don't want to sit at the desk today. You know, you're going to have to do that. But then the rest of the time that you're not at work or even on breaks, you can be moving around. You can go for a walk, set time to stand up, that kind of a thing. All right. So how the heck do you do this? How do you put this all together? So I want to give you two examples, primarily because I talked to two different groups of people with my content mostly because of my personal transformation. So if you don't know about my transformation, after lo- or after leaving a corporate role, um, I was very high stress. Um, I was overweight at the time. And I essentially went into like crash dieting and over-exercising for a period of time, lost a bunch of weight, um, got almost emaciated looking before I realized I had taken it too far. And at that point, I needed to reverse diet, live life at maintenance for a while to restore and repair my metabolism and my hormones. And at that point is kind of when I went into like the tone up category, because by the time I had gotten done like dieting for a long time, (laughs) months and months and months and months and months, um, I looked deflated. I had like no muscle tone. I was just like skinny, looked like a stick. And I needed to eat more and I needed to change up my lifting. So I'm going to give you two examples of how to structure this and what this might look like. So I do want to unpack the two different groups a little bit more. So somebody who wants to lose weight, really what we're saying is that they want to lose fat. I will tell you that people get a little weird um, when they hear me say like fat loss Versus like weight loss is like more accepted, but I'm here to tell you that it's two different things. Weight loss is actually losing muscle mass as well. 
Fat loss is literally reduction of fat mass or adipose tissue on your body. So it really is more specific to say fat loss, but whatever, I digress. So I want to talk about this specifically in regards to the triple transformation process. If you've heard me talk about that before, but it's essentially the process that I follow with my clients for coaching. And it's three components. It's one, your perspectives, your current physiology, and your physique goals. So in this case, somebody who has a fat loss goal, they are going to be likely in a situation where they may be experiencing high stress, and that could be emotional or it could be physical bodily stress on their body. They also have some physiology related needs, which is going to be that they are either overweight and overfed or overweight and underfed. And those different examples are going to be drastically different as far as what their training should look like and what their nutrition should look like. Um, If you didn't have a chance to listen to the macros episode, definitely go back to that because I unpacked that quite a bit. And then second, somebody who really wants to just tone up, right? Like their weight is where they want it to be, but their body doesn't look like it should or how they would like it to. I'm going to break this down as well. So this is somebody who is likely high stress from a, a physical standpoint, from a physiology standpoint, and they're likely underweight and likely also underfed. So their training is going to look different. Their other movement based or their other fitness goals are going to look different. Now, there is some additional nuance here as far as setting up a training plan or setting up a fitness plan, I should say. And it really comes down to the absolute bottom of the pyramid is adherence. What can you adhere to? Adherence is always number one, always, 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 because you're going to be far better off being consistent with less than not being consistent with more. So I really encourage you to figure out what's going to work for you right now in your current place in time. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't change, like, but you have to start somewhere, like based upon what you're working on right now. And then you can always change it in the future, but start with something that is doable and that is realistic that you can adhere to. And then the other categories that are going to be important to be mindful of, specifically related to training, is the total volume. And we're talking over the course of a week, we're talking about intensity. So like your subjective rating of how hard the training session was and then the frequency. So how many days per week are you lifting in a current block of training? In a current block, it could be anything. Um, Different people or I should say like different fitness professionals schedule or create different blocks. I personally use six week blocks for my clients. Um, I know other coaches that use four week blocks and five week blocks things like that. And then how are you going to progress those movements over the course of the training block? And then also exercise selection. So like, what are you going to do each session? What are your rest periods going to look like? And what does the tempo look like? Now you don't have to have all of those. Keep that in mind. Like I'm just giving you examples. There's so many ways that you could put together a training plan, but these are just things to be considering because you're going to want ways to change things up over training blocks 
But the main point that I want to drive home for you is that less is more. And that also applies to the variables that I just explained. So like, for example, you wouldn't want to have like a six week training block that you're training six days per week. You've got volume overloading happening. You've got intensity overloading happening. You're progressing at a high rate. You have no rest periods and you're using tempo. Like that would be insane. Don't do that. (laughs) Pick a couple and make sure you document it so that you can actually see like, How did it go? How did it work? Did you like it? That kind of a thing. All right. So for somebody who wants to lose weight, keeping in mind that we want to look at resistance training, cardio, and steps. So if you are somebody that is looking to lose weight and cardio would be safe for you, you would want to determine what type of cardio would be best for you. So if you're somebody who has a little bit more time during the week, then I would personally recommend a low intensity steady state goal. Like maybe it's three days per week. You're walking on the treadmill for 15 to 20 minutes to help get your steps up versus if you feel like you don't have much time, then maybe you use like one day of 30 minute cardio. Like it could be like a hit session. It could be elliptical. It could be running. Now keep in mind This is if it's safe. Now, when I say safe, I'm talking about you are metabolically healthy and your hormones are quote unquote balanced or hormone function has been restored. If you are someone who has been under eating for a period of time and overtraining, that would be an example of it not being safe for you to use high intensity cardio because There's already a lot of stress on your body and you don't want to add more by having something like high intensity cardio, because that is going to be very taxing on your nervous system, brain, spinal cord, nerves, central fatigue, essentially. All right. So if your steps are below 5k, we got to work on that first. And I would personally recommend getting steps up and not even worrying too much about like intentional cardio, if you will. Like go for a walk, use post-meal steps, Um, use the bathroom that's farther away, park farther away at the grocery store, Um, take multiple trips with the laundry, like whatever it has to be, it's going to be just fine. And then as far as training goes, I would personally recommend a three-day, excuse me, a three-day per week full body split. And I would use either volume-based intensity Or you could also use subjective intensity. So volume intensity would be where over the course of your training block, you increase your total sets. So like, let's just say it's a six week block, maybe um, for weeks one and two, you are hitting like a total of 10 sets per muscle group. Maybe for weeks three and four, you're hitting 12 and for weeks five and six, you're hitting 15. And then at the end of that training block, you're coming back down, you're deloading and then going back up in a phased and progressive manner. Now, if you're talking, if you're talking about subjective intensity, then this could be something where you have either RIR or RPE based goals. So RIR is going to be reps in reserve. So essentially how many reps do you have until you would fail on that movement? And that's a subjective thing. Like, you know, my, subjective rating is going to be different than yours. 
Um, you could also use RPE, which is rating of perceived exertion. It's essentially just like flipping the RIR scale upside down. And that scale is one to 10. So like 10 would be a one rep max, where at 10 you fail with that particular rep. Okay, so those are two different ways that you can progress it using volume or subjective intensity. Um, for somebody who's doing three days per week of full body, I would personally recommend endurance-based, at least to start. And then they could eventually move into um, a hypertrophy block. And what that would look like is endurance is going to be a rep range of like, say, 12 to 15 per set. And then a hypertrophy block is going to be like, you know, 8 to 12 uh, per set. So an example of how to set this up would be three days per week, you've got full body. So like day one, squat, hinge, push, pull, biceps, triceps. On day two, you flip that a little bit, hinge, squat, pull, push, triceps, biceps. And on day three, push, pull, squat, hinge, biceps, triceps. So how that might look would be, for example, a squat could be a barbell or a goblet squat. A hinge could be a deadlift with a barbell. It could be an RDL with a barbell. Um, RDL stands for Romanian deadlift. It could also be with two dumbbells. It could be with one dumbbell. It could be with a kettlebell. You could also do a hip thrust for a hinge. Uh, you can do that with a barbell. You can do it with a dumbbell. You could even do it with a kettlebell. And then as far as a push goes, this could be something like a bench press. It could be a chest press with dumbbells, or it could be an overhead press. Now, mind you, on those two examples, I do have a couple different variations there. So like I have a horizontal press where you're like on your back and you're pushing towards the ceiling versus an overhead press, you would be either seated on a bench or standing and you would be pressing towards the ceiling. So that would be considered a vertical press. And then for a pull, some examples could be a row. It could be a barbell row. It could be a dumbbell row. It could be a banded row. Um, you could also do a pull down um, and that would be a vertical pattern. So a row that I was just talking about with like the barbell or the dumbbell, that would be a horizontal row. And then for a pull down, that would be a vertical. So you'd be having your arms up and you're coming down, pulling down. You could also do a chin up or a pull up if you have access to a bar. And then as far as biceps, this could be any variation. It could be standing, it could be seated, it could be half kneeling, it could be on an incline, incline bench, something like that. And then the same exact thing for triceps. It could be standing, it could be seated, it could be lying, it could be chest supported, um, any of those things. All right, and then intensity. And this is in place to make sure that you're not undertraining and that you're not constantly overtraining. So you can't always be, so the example here is you can't always be in the 10 pound dumbbell club. Okay. I like to use this example because I feel like a lot of people can relate. Many times I'll hear something like, you know, Oh, I've, I've been using these same weights week after week after week. And that really isn't ideal because you're not able to adjust the progressiveness of that. Now, <clears throat> for example, something that I do with my clients is I'll give them an RPE based goal. And if I see that like on week five, they're still using the tens, I'm like, 
uh, I kind of doubt that you're at like an RPE nine or eight with the 10 pound dumbbells. If you were also at an RPE, you know, eight or nine, like on week one, you know what I mean? So hopefully that helps as far as understanding intensity. And then the second example. So if you're somebody who is familiar with lifting and maybe you've just been doing a, a ton of cardio and you really need to focus more on resistance training in order to shape and build the way that your physique looks, then this is going to look different. Um, now you can certainly go with a three-day example, but my personal preference would be four if you could do it from an adher adherence perspective. Um, as far as cardio goes, if it's safe, determining like which type of cardio. So when I say safe, kind of going back to that metabolism and hormone example to make sure that you've been eating enough and you've been eating enough for a long enough period of time. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like it being safe for cardio. And then as far as steps go, <clears throat> we need to get them above five for sure. Um, anything below five is considered sedentary. You don't want to be in that classification. <laughs> So eventually getting them, you know, in the six to eight K range can be really helpful. Um, that's a, I feel like that's a really realistic target. Please know that like 10 K that is like not a thing. It's just like somebody said like 10 K would be cool. And if you're somebody who's been like under eating and let's just say like your average steps are like 10 to 12 K per day, like Whew, we got to increase food and we got to come down on the steps if at all possible. If you're somebody who has a really, really active uh, career or occupation, then we're probably not going to be able to reduce those steps in that fashion. But there are other things that we can do to make sure that you are fueled and we probably wouldn't be doing any cardio because you're already getting lots of steps on a daily basis or over the course of a week. All right. And then as far as resistance training, so you kind of already heard me go through the three-day split. So I'm going to give you kind of an abbreviated version of the four-day split, but I would personally recommend an upper-lower split with this um, with subjective-based intensity using the RPE or the RIR scale. And this is also known as auto-regulation. I didn't mention this before, but what's really cool about auto-regulation is, you know, during the course of your training block, Let's just say like week four, your kid gets sick and you're up all night with them. Like we literally just had this happen last night. So it's like top of mind for me. And the intensity that you're going to be able to lift that day, like if you do make it to the gym, I'm not saying that you should, especially if your sleep was really horrible, but let's just say it wasn't too bad, but you are feeling a little bit under recovered. You're going to be able to auto-regulate that intensity. So like a weight or a load, I should say, that maybe would have been like a, oh, let's just say it's an RPE 6 for you normally. Like when you're under recovered, it might feel more like an RPE 8. And it's fine. Like just bring it down for that week and then get back at it when you can. So as far as what that might look like, as far as going back to the four-day resistance training, so I would recommend hypertrophy to start. And again, that is the eight to 12 rep range. Um, and then moving into a strength block after that, if appropriate, if you have access to the equipment, that kind of a thing. So it might look like, you know, day one would be like lower body, squat, hinge, unilateral, some abduction for the hips, um, calves and core. 
Okay. Um, maybe day two, and I'll give examples in just a minute here of what that might look like. Day two could be a push, a pull, a carry, shoulders, biceps, triceps. Day three, again, could be lower body. Start with a hinge this time, hinge, squat, a different unilateral variation, a different abduction, calves, and then a different direction for core. So for example, um, instead of a step up, and that's a unilateral exercise, maybe you do a side lunge, which would be going in a different direction, um, which is going to work muscles in a different way. Okay. Or maybe instead of something that was um, a seated abduction movement, like a band, seated banded abduction with a band, uh, maybe you do a standing abduction with a cable machine or a band or something like that. And then the same thing for core. Uh, maybe instead of like a decline leg raise, you do a plank pull through, which would be an anti-rotation style movement. And then for your fourth day, instead of starting with a push, you start with a pull, then you do a push a carry, shoulders, biceps, triceps. Um, and then for those of you who are not familiar with carry or like a carry style movement, this is a really functional style movement. So if you think about your day to day, like you're probably not doing a whole lot of bicep curls or tricep curl or tricep press downs, but you're carrying a lot of stuff. You know, if, you, if you're somebody who has kids, uh, you know, you're carrying them around, you're carrying groceries around, you're like hauling boxes, stuff like that. So the carry is a really functional movement. Um, probably one of the most popular exercises is what's called the farmer's carry. And um, oftentimes that's done with like a trap bar. If you're at the gym, it's kind of like the diamond style bar. Um, it could also be done with dumbbells, kettlebells, any of those things. So, all right. So once you kind of have the foundation, you're going to want to progress it over the course of six weeks. So I kind of already talked about this, but for that lose weight example, AKA lose fat, you're going to want to increase the number of sets. And I gave you an example for that. And then if you're somebody who needs to like tone up, build muscle, create shape, then you're going to want to increase the intensity. And I gave you some examples of how to use auto regulation for that. And then after six weeks, you really want to keep those main movements in there. Squat, hinge, push, pull, but vary them slightly. So maybe instead of no tempo, add some tempo this time. Um, maybe instead of just a regular old back squat, you do a eccentric, which would be lowering down for three seconds or however many seconds that you want. Um, instead of a regular deadlift, maybe you do a pause deadlift. Or you could do an isometric hold at the top. Um, so we're coming up into the deadlift when it's up, your lats are back, and you're holding the weight close to your thighs. You're holding there for a count of, you know, say one to three seconds to help improve grip strength. So the biggest thing that I want you to see here is that those main movements, you need to be performing those main movements week after week after week after week. Like I just posted something on my Instagram account. Gosh, was it like maybe a month ago? And it was like something like I conventionally deadlifted for five months and here's what happened. And I showed you different videos of me lifting from like November all the way up until the time of that post, which I think was in March of 2022. And it was like, you know, better form, um, better technique, greater strength, more confidence, stuff like that. 
All right, so mistakes. Let's dive into the mistakes, what they are and why you want to be mindful of them. So the first one is going to be having a mindset that repeating the same movements is boring. (laughs) I have definitely felt this and primarily the reason, at least for me, I don't know if you can relate, but at least my reason was that I wasn't tracking anything. Like I was following videos and it was boring for me to repeat the same movements week after week. You know, it was like, oh, what are we doing this week? Oh, it's a fun new, you know, whatever, hit cardio or whatever, or like a circuit thing. Um, and I just wasn't of the perspective at that time because I didn't understand that in order to actually like improve technique, improve form, improve strength, improve execution, and to actually get results, like I'm talking lose fat and tone up, you got to be doing the same things and you got to track them. So here's the real reason for why changing it up all the time is not effective. It's because there's not enough stimulus. There's not enough stimulus to produce an adaptation in the muscle. So sometimes we refer to this as like junk volume. It's just chaotic. It's not organized. There's no strategy behind it. And essentially you won't get results and you'll feel like you've been wasting your time. And I don't want that for you. Okay. And then secondly, track it. Track how often you're training, what you're training, and what you're doing with your training. All right. And then second, the second mistake that I normally see is varying your intensity or not varying your intensity. Okay. So let me unpack that. If you're always lifting with the same intensity, you're either going to eventually not be causing enough stimulus in order to produce an adaptation, like I just talked about, like this actually goes back to the 10 pound dumbbell club. Like if you're always lifting the tens, you're going to eventually plateau out. Like you got to either start lower if 10 is a challenge for you and go up or start at 10 and go up and then come back down. Essentially your body gets used to it. And then if you're somebody who's always hitting it hard, your fatigue will get very difficult to recover from. And subsequently, you won't make any progress there either. So in both of these examples, you'll plateau out quickly. And again, you'll feel like you've wasted your time and you'll be frustrated because you won't be seeing the results that you want. All right. And I'm going to give you a third bonus mistake, and that is ignoring your nutrition, how much sleep you're getting, and managing stress. They are all required when it comes to changing the way that your brain and your body look and work. Well, maybe not changing the way that your brain looks, but surely how your brain functions. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to give you a structure that I use for my clients for their goals so that maybe you can use this for yourself. The first one is going to be like, where your, where's your current nutrition at? Like how many calories are you eating? If you're tracking macros, where's your fiber at and where's your water? Second, training frequency, intensity, cardio, and steps. And then third, biofeedback, sleep, stress, and recovery. All right. So 
that wraps it up. Uh, the three categories of movement, we covered that in the beginning. We talked about why you need to be mindful of all three of those categories. It's not just cardio, okay? How to set up a six-week phased and progressive fitness plan with two different goal-driven examples. And I gave you two bonus mistakes or with a bonus mistake to avoid and why to avoid them to get the best results possible. So that wraps up episode four. I hope you got a ton of value from it. Thanks for tuning into my launch. We will be releasing episodes bi-weekly starting Monday, May 16th. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Take care. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story, and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.